Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Welcome to episode two of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I'm Natasha Daniels, and in this episode, I'll be talking about five of the weirdest parenting tips a child therapist has to offer. So I'm going to go over five of my weirdest tips, and they are going to seem really bizarre to you, but they are super effective. So let's get into them. The first one is use theme songs to get through your day. That sounds really weird, but honestly, it can help on so many levels. So let me talk about what I am talking about. Kids have a really hard time with transitions. So if you have a theme song, um, and this actually, let me just back up. This actually happened. I'll be totally honest with you haphazardly in my own private life. So I'm not a singer. In fact, I'm going to probably sing for you in a few minutes. So, you know, you might want to just find out where your mute button is, but I found that as I was parenting, I was singing all the time. And it was so weird because I was making up these little like ditties, you know, and I'm not a songwriter either. So I'm not a songwriter and I'm not a singer. So bad and and worse. But when it was bath time, I had a bath song. And when it was bedtime, I had a bed song. And when it was time to leave, I had a like, let's, let's leave song. And um, what I found, and I have a morning wake up song. I had, I had a song for every transition and some of those have dropped off. Um, as my kids have gotten older, you know, my littlest is five, but then I have a seven and 13 year old, but some of them have stayed. So a lot of times I don't have to nag my kids, you know, like let's get ready for bed. I would just start singing the the bedtime song. And so when they were little, okay, find the mute button. Cause I am going to sing. You know, when they were little, I'd be like, nighty night and good night. I told you I have a horrible voice. So they would hear that song and let's say they're watching TV or they're playing a game. They would know as I'm walking around the house singing this like really horrible song that I made up that it was going to be time for bed. And even bath time, bath time was um, one of those things that, you know, kids have a hard time transitioning into. And I'd be like, bath time is fun time. Who wants to take a, oh, it's going to get really high pitchy here. Bath. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to win any awards anytime soon. So I would sing this song to them and they would get in. So I won't sing any more of my little renditions, but even now that they're older, some of those songs have dropped off, but I still even, I wake them up to a song and it's a better way to wake up. Who wants to wake up with like, get up, get up, or, you know, get out of bed or an alarm. They just hear me singing, which probably is probably not that nice, but, um, so use theme songs to get through your day. It will help your kids, uh, learn transitions so you can start singing and it warns them. It helps you not nag because they hear it. And so you don't have to be like, we're going to be doing this. And it also is a fun thing. It's like, what a great family memory to be like, Oh, do you remember that song that mom used to sing? She was so horrible at singing and it was horrible. (laughs) Do something like that. You know, you got to create some bad memories for your kids. So tip number one, use a theme song to get through your day. On to tip number two. Uh, This one's going to sound wacky too. They're all wacky. So just bear with me. Compliment your kids for behaviors they are not doing. Say what? Why would you compliment them for something they're not doing? Trust me, this works with most kids. Okay. Disclaimer here. 
not all these tips are going to work for your kids. Because if you listen to the introduction to this entire podcast, episode 000, I will have told you that not everything's going to work for everyone. You got to find what works for your kids. So these are all just suggestions, but you have to take everything with a grain of salt and say, okay, that, that one wouldn't work for me. My kid wouldn't respond that way, but everything's trial and error in parenting. And that's pretty much what this podcast is always going to be about, you know, trial and error, try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's okay. It's just one more thing to try. So I just want to say that because I don't want to get a bunch of emails from parents who are like, that did, that does not work for me. My kids will not do that. It does work for a lot of kids. This does work for my kids. So I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm giving my kids a bath and they don't want to get out of the bath. Uh, that kind of was a common theme. You know, it's hard to get them into the bath, but then it's really hard to get them out of the bath. I don't know why kids are like that. Well, I kind of do, but it's for a different episode. So if they're not getting out and I'm like, come on, let's get out, let's get out. Then I move into a compliment and I'll be like, you guys are such good listeners. Thank you so much for getting out of the bath. And then all of a sudden they're starting to move. It's really weird. Or like the other day, my son um, left his plate at the, at the dinner table and he was about to walk away from the, from the table. And I could see he was about to do it without clearing his plate. And so I just turned over to him and I said casually, oh, thank you for clearing your plate. And so I... I thanked him for something he wasn't really going to do. And then he turned around and he went and he got his plate. And it's just better than having to constantly nag and be like, hey, don't forget your plate. Hey, go back and get your plate. I mean, I have to do that kind of stuff too, because as parents, we're human. But I do love to compliment them instead. And I don't do it so much that it's obvious to them, but it is a nicer way to get kids to do what you want. All right, let's move on to tip number three. You're listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. So this one's going to sound really weird too. I feel like I have to say that for every single tip, but so say, okay, and agree with your child when they tell you they're not going to do something. So yeah, that sounds like terrible advice, right? You're like, wow, this child therapist is horrible. She doesn't know what she's talking about, but this works too. So let me give you an example. Let's say your child doesn't want to clean up her toys and you're planning on going to the zoo later that day. So you can say to your, and I don't want to clean up my toys. Let me just act it out. You know, no, I don't want to clean up. And so you agree with them and you say, you don't have to clean up, cleaning up, empathize with them. Cleaning up is so, so boring. And that's so much to clean up. Who wants to clean up, right? I know I don't want to clean that up and you messed it up. So you have to clean it up, but who wants to do that? So you can leave it there. And so now they're in agreement with you. So they're like, that's right, mom. I don't have to clean it up. But then you say, you don't have to clean it up. I'm going to go and change back into my pajamas. And so then at this point, your child is going to be like, wait, what? I thought we were going to the zoo. Oh no, no, no. We can't go to the zoo with that mess on the floor. The house has to be clean before we go. And I'm not going to clean it up because I didn't mess it up. But if you don't want to clean it up, that's okay. But we can't go to the zoo until it's clean. And so you're giving your child a predicament. Okay, well, I really want to go to the zoo. But she's saying that the house has to be clean before we can go. But she's not going to clean it up because it's not her mess. So I either clean it up and I can go to the zoo or I can stay home. So it helps kids. One, it helps them problem solve. 
which is always a great thing. You know, instead of us kind of forcing our kids to, to think a certain way, I love to give them a little wiggle room to make their own decision. You want to make a good choice or a bad choice? That's totally up to you. But I also like it because now it's not about me. And so I'm not going to have to argue with you to clean up your toys and we're not going to get into a total battle. It's between you and you, the you that wants to not clean up and the you that wants to go to the zoo. So which you is going to win? I'm not even part of it. And I love that. Get out of the conflict and make it about them. And you can do that in any scenario. You know, if your older child doesn't want to clean her room, fine. Don't clean your room. That's fine. I don't care. It's your room. You know, we have to respect this house and part of respecting this house is to have a clean room. So you can't go out with your friend this weekend until your room is clean. But if that's a problem for you and you don't want to spend your time that way, I totally get it. And so you don't have to, but you're not going to be able to go out. So you can do it in that kind of way. Or let's say you have a child that loves, um, you know, to be, you know, is a gamer and loves to be online playing video games. Let's say you have one of those kind of kids that a lot of us have. Then you can say, um, yeah, you don't have to do the dishes. I understand who wants to do the dishes. You know, they're gross. And, you know, I don't like doing the dishes either. But, you know, the Wi-Fi is kind of part of the house as well. And that's just going to be shut off because, you know, you got to pitch in. And if you don't want to pitch in and do, you know, the dishes, then, you know, the community Wi-Fi is a privilege and that's going to be turned off. So you get my point. That's, that's how you work that. On to tip number four. So when kids talk disrespectfully, don't address it. You're just going to talk for them. And well, let me give you an example and then we can talk about it from there. So let's say you have like a little kid and, you know, they're very demanding, you know, so let's say you have a kid and they're like, I want milk. Then what I would do, let's say it's my child and they're like, I want milk. I would talk directly for them. And then I would say, uh, I would like milk, please, mom. And depending on, you know, your child and what type of parent you want to be, in my house, I don't get that milk until they talk nicely to me. So I literally don't hear them until I hear that sentence come back out of their mouth. So, you know, let's say my older daughter says, I'm not going. Then even for her, who's older, I would talk for her and I would say, mom, I really don't want to go. Let me tell you why. And then that gets really annoying to my kids because I do that all the time. So they just start talking in a more respectful way because they don't want to go through that banter of hearing their mom talk for them. Then they have to repeat it. And also nothing gets done until they talk in that way. And so if you want your kids to talk respectfully, you know, don't get, don't hash it out with them and be like, you need to talk to me respectfully, or you need to, you know, say it this way. You can just cut out that whole processing and you can just talk exactly how you want to be talked to and, and do not move and do not get what they want until they talk to you that way. So kind of a weird tip, but it does help. All right. Final tip for this episode. And this one's going to just be as weird as all the other ones. So bear with me again. So compliment your kids when they say hurtful words to you. So that is going to sound very counterintuitive. I know And this is one of those things where a lot of times parents will come to me, and this could be a whole podcast in and of itself, but a lot of times parents will say, oh, you know, Natasha, my kids say they hate me. It crushes me. And so, you know, I have to argue back with them. You know, I do so much for you. Why do you hate me? 
look, most kids are going to say they hate you at one point or another. And that's okay. That just means you're being a parent. You know, maybe you're lucky and your child hasn't said that to you, but kids say things in the heat of the moment and they don't mean them. Now, if you have a 15 year old who's like, I hate you, you know, that's probably because you're setting boundaries and limits. If you have a little toddler and you know, they, I hate you. You're the worst mom ever. I mean, you can have a toddler who is, you know, has such mood swings that they, you're the best mom ever. And you're the worst mom ever in the same 30 minutes, right? It's so ridiculous. My five-year-old, she has the best day and the worst day in one day, every day. (laughs) I mean, she must say that literally every day. This is the best day. Two minutes later, this is the worst day ever. Three minutes later, this is the best day ever. I'm like, oh my goodness, child. So kids are going to say hurtful things. Now, now normally, depending on your child, a lot of times they're saying these things because they have no control. And so, you know, let's say you take away their tablet or you're taking away their, their TV privilege or, or whatever, because they maybe made a poor choice. They don't have anything that they can do to hurt you. And so a lot of times all they have are their words. And they're looking for a reaction. And so it's coming from a hurt place. And the best response you can give them is that's okay. I still love you. And it's good for multiple reasons. So one, it's good because you're not reinforcing the behavior. And so when you're not joining them in that hatred and you're not stooping to their level, it's not getting reinforced because the child's like, well, she's not really being offended by what I'm saying. And so the pay, the, the payoff for it is your negative reaction. And so when you don't give your child that negative reaction, there's no payoff. And so it squashes that behavior really quickly. Also, the other thing that I like about it is it teaches your child that, that you love them unconditionally. And, and so your love is not conditional depending on their love for you, that you're consistently there and that you're parenting them and you're disciplining them out of love and it's not an emotional thing. And so, you know, let's say I tell my child, <clears throat> you have early bedtime and they're getting really angry and how can you do that? And I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to hit her. I didn't mean to whatever crazy thing they did. And, and I'm being robotic and unemotional and I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you didn't, you know, well, I don't say I don't, I know you didn't mean it because normally they did mean it. So I might say it's not okay to hit people and you're going to have early bedtime. And then that's when they go in the tirade of, I hate you. You're the worst mom ever. And then I calmly respond. That's okay. You can hate me. I still love you. And you're still going to bed early. And so, um, I am, I'm, you know, to, to use a cheesy therapist term, I'm validating their feelings but I'm also being robotic and I'm not getting sucked in. And so that behavior goes away. I mean, I think each one of my children have had like a week period where they went through the whole, I hate you thing when they would get in trouble. And then they quickly stopped because they weren't being reinforced. And so it wasn't very rewarding for them to um, spew their hatred and I don't hear it anymore. So that is the final tip. So if you have a wacky parenting approach, I would love to hear it. Um, you can feel free to go to the show notes at anxioustoddlers.com backslash zero zero two, and you can, um, leave a comment and let me know what your wacky, uh, parenting approach is. Love to hear it. So as always, just remember, if you don't want to miss another episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. 
Also, you can go to anxioustoddlers.com. And if you scroll to the very bottom, you can find links to my private Facebook pages. I have one for anxious children, parents who are raising anxious kids, and one for general parenting. And it'd be great to see you over there. Um, I'm in that um, Facebook group all the time. And so we can have a more real discussion. If you have any kind of comment that you want to contact me, you can go on my website and there is a contact tab. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com. 